Okay, so welcome to the Money Show, guys. Today we have uh, a special guest. I'm so grateful uh, to have Chris Noggle. Uh, he's a real estate in investor and investment strategist, a star of HGTV called Risk Builders. He's an author of a book, The Private Money Guide. He also one of the founders of Flip Out Academy and The Money School. He has successfully completed over 200 deals and managed over 30 million of investors' money. So it's just, uh, just amazing. So welcome to the show, Chris. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks. Appreciate it. Listen, can you tell the audience, you know, the ones that didn't came across you so far, can you tell them more about yourself and how it all started for you and why real estate is specifically for you? Sure. I, I guess it's easier if I just take you kind of back to the humble beginnings. Uh, I'll start at 16 years old. So I grew up in a uh, lower middle class family. Actually, if you ask my wife, I grew up poor. Uh, and anything I ever wanted to do, I, I had to go out and I had to hustle and get it done. And at 16, I worked for a farm and I also was working at this restaurant. But the problem was the restaurant degraded me so badly that every day I came home from work, I felt like I was useless, like I couldn't do anything right. And when you, you hear that enough, you start to believe that. So one day I mustered the courage up and I, I walked in and I, I did something important in my life. I quit. I quit trading hours for dollars and at that point I started a clothing line out of my mom's basement at 16. It went really well. I was an aspiring pro snowboarder so I was traveling around a lot selling my clothes on the road and you know at 17 years old I had this big dream. I wanted to take my idea of being a pro snowboarder, my idea of the clothing line and I wanted to, I wanted my own store and it was going to be called Fat Man, P-H-A-T and that was like the, the hip word cool back then. And the only thing I needed was 70,000 bucks. So 17 and all I, I had no money. I had no hope of getting this, but I had a dream. So I started going around asking everybody if I could borrow or if they'd collateralize 70,000, went to my family, my friends, and you could probably guess what happened. I heard a lot of no's, no way, hell no, you know, absolutely not. And I almost gave up, but in life, you need one person and one person only to believe in you. And I had that person. I call her the unconditional one. And that was my mom. But my mom didn't have any money. She had no resources whatsoever. But she did have the house that she got in the divorce. And she put that house up on the line so her crazy 17-year-old punk snowboard kid could chase his dream. And that's kind of where it began. And lots of things happened from that point on. I almost went bankrupt a couple of times. I uh, ended up flipping my first house in 2006. And it was interesting because my antiquated numbers back then said that I was going to make 35 grand. And I didn't make 35 grand. I made eight. But that $8,000 was enough to give me the hope and the dream that wow, there's, there's a chance, there's something here. So that's when I entered into the real estate world. It was in 2006. And then, like I said, in 08, uh, I went, almost went bankrupt developing a strip mall right when the U.S. market tanked. So it was very difficult. And I'll never forget one moment. I mean, I was two months away from being completely bankrupt and I borrowed money from this guy that I'll, I'll refer to as Knuckles. Uh, for the sake of this and knuckles probably wouldn't have just taken the property back. He might've taken a couple fingers or an arm or two, but uh, I came home one night and my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Larissa had just moved in and I looked her in the eye and I was, I was beat up. I was depressed. I was just, I felt like such a failure because I had been doing so well up to this point. And I said to her, I said, sweetie, I said, I need your help. 
I need you to help me pay the mortgage on the house. And I know you just moved in, but I need you to help me pay the mortgage. I need you to help me pay the utilities. And I got to rent that room right over there on the first floor to a friend just to make ends meet. Now, most women probably would have went running, but she stuck with it. And that's kind of where it all began. We made it through that time from 09 to 14. We started buying apartment buildings, pennies on the dollar. And then again in 14, I, I almost went bankrupt again. And I was worth a couple million dollars on paper. I had all these apartment buildings. So how, how could I be almost bankrupt? I mean, I, had, I was a financial advisor making six digits. I had all these apartments. I'll tell you how. I did not understand how money worked. And at that point, I, had highly, I was highly leveraged. I was using just banks. So I, if you, you know, any of your, the followers here understand how banks work, when you borrow money from a bank, they'll give you 80% of the purchase price. Then you got to come out of pocket for 20% plus closing cost plus renovation. So I did that. And every time I'd get ahead a little bit, I'd dive right back in and I'd buy another one. So by 2014, I had all these units, but I was so just broke so deeply in debt because every penny I had was in it. And they always say invest in yourself and they say invest in assets, but I went too far. So at that moment, we decided to start investing in ourselves. So we got educated. We hired the best mentors out there. We started working with the best real estate investors literally in the world. The same people you see on TV, the same people on the shows that, like ours. And that's where the journey began. And in 14, everything started to change because I started understanding how money really worked in real estate and that you don't need the actual resources. You just have to be resourceful. Very much like I had to be back when I was 17, but I understood Wall Street. I understood the stock market. I understood money at that point. I just didn't connect A with B. And at that point I did, which is kind of what the book explains. So we got back on track. We started, uh, you know, our new dream, which was trying to get the TV show, which was a four year journey, which almost, didn't happen. I mean, we got told no by the major networks many times and we didn't give up. We stayed consistent and persistent over and over again, no matter what we, you know, it's a, I tell people this all the time and I'm sure you can agree. Every single no you ever get puts you one step closer to a yes. And every single failure in your life is one close, one step closer to success. And I'd be the first one to tell you coming from nothing to where I am today that you cannot you cannot succeed without failing first. And if you do, you got lucky or you had, you had an unconditional one that just was feeding you money to make it happen because I've never met a successful person that has made it to where they're at without failing. And I know billionaires. I hang out with billionaires. These people, everybody looks at them when they're on the stage or, oh my God, you're a billionaire. You're so lucky. It must you know, just be so easy. But when you hear their journey, when you hear their story, it's always very much like mine. It's failing. It's nose. It's struggling. It's giving up everything just to chase your dream. And man, that's just what it takes. And it always is going to take money. But if people just would understand how money truly works and how abundant money is and exactly where it sits, because like me, most people think, oh, I need money. I go to the bank. Well, that's not where money exists for real estate. You want to get into real estate? Money isn't going to come from the banks in the early stages. It's going to come from private money. It's going to come from a lot of places people just don't understand. So I set out on a mission, you know, with Flip Out Academy, our education company, the number one thing we always realized, actually there's two, but the number one thing we always realized that real estate investors struggled with was time and money. And time is just a mind shift. Okay. It's just a, it's a mindset shift that you got to go through. You got to direct your time 
into the things that are going to, you know, allow you to chase your dreams. And that's hard sometimes because it really, it always, always is going to involve you giving something up to get something. But most people don't want to give things up. And number two is money. People stop always because they think I need to have the money. I need the resources. If they only knew how it really worked, if they only knew like how easy it was to get money, if you understood the principles in a system of how money really works, they would never have to ever, you know, come short of their dreams. They could chase them. And that's my new dream. That's my mission is to help as many people as I can understand what I like to call the edge of the coin. The one thing that they don't teach you in school, the thing they don't teach you in college, the thing you'll never learn from an advisor. And the reason you'll never learn it in any of these is nobody can find out how to make money off of you. Because if you learn how money works, you take the power away from the the four percenters or the one percenters, the, the wealthiest, you take control and you take power away from them when you understand how it works. So that's my, that's my story in a nutshell. And that's what I'm after is to teach everybody the edge of the coin. Wow. I, it's, it's just amazing. I, I love this story. Like you guys, the ones who are watching, you know, most of the time you're seeing these interviews and you hear the same stories all over again. Like, you know, most of the people that you see that became successful, as Chris said, you see, you know, billionaires, he has a privilege to see billionaires like on stage and talk to them. Those people went through like a lot of mistakes and a lot of failures, as Chris said, to move forward in life, you have to make as many failures as possible. You know, sometimes, you know, that's why this show is here for, you know, for you guys to learn from other people's failures and, you know, do that, you know, shorten your way to that, to the success, you know, that you want to achieve. So let's talk about the real estate, you know, um, can you just tell people what asset type and strategy are you for uh, right now in, in your given market? Oh, that's a great question. And it's a very important question for what's happening in this current market environment. So right now, you know, and I'm going to speak mostly for the U.S. because obviously that's where we're at. But in the U.S., the markets are at an all-time high, whether it's real estate or the stock market. We're at an all-time high, and I've always followed Warren Buffett. Many of you probably know who Warren Buffett is. He's, he's sort of a big deal, but uh, he says three things, and what I like about Warren is he's so simple. He says, to make money, and it doesn't matter whether it's stocks. He talks about stocks, but real estate's the same. To make money in stocks or real estate, you have to do three things. You have to buy low. Sounds easy. You have to sell high, and number three, you have to not lose money. That's kind of funny because that's like that bed, bath, and beyond thing. We understand the bed and the bath, but what is the beyond? Well, that's, that's kind of like Warren Buffett's number three, don't lose money. But it's really so much simpler than everybody thinks. It's buy low, sell high, and to not lose money, you just have to follow one and two. And most people fail to operate on number two. They get attached. They get you know in that mode where they're like, it's just going to keep going. I don't want to sell. You have to sell. You have to take your profits. So with that being said, right now there's a storm coming. There's a giant storm on the horizon. And what that storm means is real estate and the stock market are going to go down. I don't know how much. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like. I just know it's going to happen because it happens in those very predictable patterns. So if you know the stock market's going to go down, you know that real estate's going to go down, what would be the strategy you would pick in real estate? Well, I can tell you right now, flipping would be the one you wouldn't pick. And even though we're big flippers, done well over hundreds of flips. I don't even know. I lost count after about 200. Flipping would be the one that's going to get you stuck in trouble. Because if you get locked into a deal and you're renovating it and you're hoped to sell it at this price, if you're in that and all of a sudden the renovation takes longer and the market drops and now all of a sudden you can only sell it for this, 
you don't have any options. So the best strategies we're using right now is wholesale. Wholesale is one of the, the greatest things right now for almost any level of investor. Beginners, it's great because it doesn't take a lot of money. For experienced investors like me, it's great because it's an easy business to scale, it's low risk, and we can help a lot of other investors. And what is wholesale? Wholesale is just investor to investor. We're not selling to the end public. We're literally finding a deal, a lucrative off-market deal. We're buying it on a very specific formula, a very specific price point that we buy at. And I'll give every, why not give everybody? Because hey, I want to give as much value. So our formula we use is we find ARV, after repair value. So what is that house going to be worth after all the repairs are done? Or it's the appraised value or the, the comps will prove that. You take that number, you multiply that times 70% then you subtract out the renovations. And if you don't know the renovations, we use 30% of ARV. And then that number you get, it's gonna seem like a low number, but I'm gonna be the first to tell you that's the number you buy at. And if you can't buy at that price, say thank you and walk away. It's that simple, folks. You have to understand that the money made in real estate was always and will always be made on the buy, not the sell. It might be great that you think you can sell it for this much because of all your beautiful design, your beautiful renovations, but it doesn't matter. The market dictates the end price. So it's all about that buy. So if you can buy it at the right price, then there's somebody out there that will buy that property for you for a markup. And that's what we call an assignment fee. Or you can wholesale the deal. If you have the resources available, you can buy the deal, put it right back on the MLS, and you've got all this built-in equity and you just drive a bidding war even though you're not trying to get the full price, you're just trying to get a spread. So that's what we do, we do a lot of that now, but the, my favorite thing, the thing I'm truly passionate about, and the thing I'm writing a book on right now is, is called the Big Burr. And when I say burr, I don't mean cold like it is here in Buffalo, I mean buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. This strategy right now is the best strategy going because as the market does correct and start going down, we're gonna have the ability to buy these assets lower and lower. But even if you get caught in a deal right now in a burr and the market goes down, it doesn't matter because you're gonna rent the property, you're gonna stabilize the house. And the most important thing is if you bought it right with that formula I just said, if you buy it at that formula, then once it's all rented, you take the deal to a community bank or any bank you have a relationship with and you do a refinance. Refinances by most of the banks, and your market might be different, are, is about 80% of appraised value because you already own the deal. You already own the property and you bought it with private money in most cases. You take it to the bank, you refinance it, they give you 80% of appraised value. If you did your numbers right, that appraised value is going to be more than what you owe, meaning you're flipping the house back to yourself. You're taking money back in the refinance, but the best part is you still control the asset. The most important thing, you still own the asset. The asset's still cash flow positive. It's, for pay, it's gonna pay you money every month. Money while you sleep. That's my favorite thing to do in this business is find ways to make money while I sleep. And the, the burst strategy will do that. But that second thing you get to do with the burst strategy is down the line, anytime, I don't care if it's six months, a year, you can sell that property or flip that property to the end buyer at any point in time. We do this all the time. We'll rent a property and we'll be making money and then all of a sudden we'll get approached by somebody that wants to buy our property and we just throw them out a high price and they buy it. So we already made our money on the front part, on the front part, on the refinance. Then we make money every month. Then we sell it and we make money again. <laughs> Folks, like that's just, that's the ultimate, right? Make money, make money and make money again. And that's what the burst strategy does. So that's what we're doing.
Yeah. Wow. I, I love that. I love the, the strategy that you're implementing right now, you know, because I think it's so crucial for most of the people that are watching right now and looking to get into the, uh, the, the real estate space. And you get all these different uh, information sources coming towards you. Like one, one of the guys saying, OK, do the wholesale. Some of the same flip and, you know, some of this, you know, and you don't know where, where to make a quality decision. Mm -hmm. Right. So maybe Chris is, is the right person for you. And he's saying, listen, do the wholesale, you know, and like, this is the right moment before the recession happens again, because this is a cyclical thing and it's going to happen. So, you know, I, I think, you know, people should, should follow definitely this, uh, this um, advice that you're giving. So thank you for that. Oh, so you're welcome. How can someone, okay, let's say, let's say, you know, I'm a person that I'm looking to invest into real estate, but I'm a, I'm a new guy, right? I, I know, yeah. I know what's going on in my market, but listen, money wise, my, maybe my credit score is not that good. I maybe I don't have this that that's much capital saved, you know, for for the first investment. So, how can someone learn how to start raising capital for these type of investments that you're talking about? Sure, I mean, th there's tons of information out there online on YouTube, but you all, we all know that, right? Because we live in the information world, and in the information world, there's there's information everywhere. The problem is you can get all this information. You'll never ever know where to start. You'll never know how to apply that information and that knowledge because that's, that's the thing that's failing everybody right now. We got all this great information, all this knowledge for free, but yet no one guiding you to teach you how to apply it in a systematic way to get results. So I wrote a book. I mean, I, and I know you mentioned it, the private money guide, this book pretty much walks through all the places where money is and when I say the places where money is, I mean trillions of dollars at your, right in front of your feet. It's right there. You just need to know where that money is and you need to know how to get that money. And a lot of people, just like me, and I've gotten told no hundreds of times, we always think and we're conditioned when we need money to ask for money, right? We go to somebody and we say, hey, I've got this deal. Can I borrow $150,000? When you ask for money, you put yourself in a very weak position. You put yourself in a powerless position because you're, you're weak by asking. But if you just change one thing and you stop asking for money and you start presenting an opportunity and a solution to someone else's problem, if you start showing people what's in it for them, then you're gonna find that money comes to you. And that money is money that almost everybody has. If they have a retirement account, 401k, employer-sponsored plan, IRA, they have money to loan to you. If they have CDs, they have money to loan to you. If they own a house, they have money to loan to you. They just don't understand how to become the bank, and that's what you have to do. You have to get knowledgeable on teaching people how they can access money, but then teach them how you can help them and teach them the opportunity that you hold. The opportunity is real estate, right? It's your deal. You have a deal, you then present that deal as an opportunity to somebody else's problem. And what is every single person's problem? Whether they say it's a problem or not, to make more money. Now, I don't mean you have to go to wealthy people, go to you know just average people. My mom, for example, my mom doesn't have hardly anything, but my mom has a home equity line of credit on her house. And what we do is we take that money from the home equity line and we loan that money out to investors, just like many of you. And we loan that money to qualified investors that will then repay us at a higher interest rate. So it might cost mom 5% to borrow money from her HELOC. We loan that money out at 10. That means mom is making the spread. And for my mom, she makes about 330 bucks every month that pays for her car every month. That's a life-changing event. You have to understand that. That's a problem. 
That's a problem for my mom and a problem for most people. If you can solve one problem, you will find more money than you'll ever be able to spend. And, and it's just a mind, it's a mind shift, right? You don't have to think that somebody needs a lot of money because they don't. They all have money and they all want to make more money. So show them how to do that. I went really long on that. I'm sorry. I'm very passionate about how money works. No, that's, that's awesome. I love that. And you can, can guys go and check it out. The link below can find the, the private money guide book uh, that Chris wrote is definitely worth checking out. And I just love what you said, you know, like being creative and, and look for ways how to raise money because, you know, as Chris mentioned, it's just the mindset, what you think about the money, like, and I love the strategies that you use, you know, to do that. So I know you just mentioned that wholesaling is the good strategy for now, for the moment in, the, in a given market. So, but, but you can, can you tell people what investment strategy have you used before that you has had the most success with? Sure. I mean, the, the biggest successes we've had has been in rentals. And when I say rentals, I mean one to four unit rentals, single family houses up to four units. We've had tremendous success there because what we've actually gotten, we're, well, let me take a step back. We were really, really good at flipping. We were incredibly good at flipping. So good it landed us a, a show on HGTV. And we used to teach people through Flip Out Academy. Actually, I shouldn't say used to. We still do. Teach people how to flip houses and do it very efficiently. But I'm watching the market shift. Right under my feet, I'm watching it shift. Last year, we lost money on a bunch of deals. And <clears throat> by losing money, I learned that we have to change this. So all these flips, what we stopped doing is we stopped selling them to end, the end buyer. The problem with the end buyer is, I'll say two things, and I hope not to offend anybody, but realtors have false expectations of what properties can get today. And they relay that false you know, expectation to people and what they can buy houses. So not only have the TV shows kind of sparked up a bunch of interest in flipping, but it's also kind of given the end buyer, the retail buyer, the false thinking that everything they buy, when they buy a flip, they think it's a brand new house. So it's created a lot of problems for us. So what we stopped doing is we stopped selling our houses, which sounds crazy, right? And what we started doing is we started advertising lease to own deals. So people that want the house, but maybe they don't have the resources or the ability to buy it today. We do some background checks on them and then we'll do a lease to own. They put a small deposit down, they pay us rent, none of that money goes toward the principal of the house, and then we've literally turned that into a burr. We've got a cash flowing asset that's paying us every month, we know we've got it sold, so down the line someday that's gonna be a big windfall of money, and as they pay us rent, guess what? They're paying our mortgage down. So that's, that's like the best thing, it's, it's, the, it's number one, the simplest thing to get into outside of wholesaling. Number two, it's the safest because you have so many exit strategies. If you can't sell it, you rent it. If you don't want to rent it anymore, you relist it and you sell it, but you can sell it for whatever price you want because you've been paying that mortgage down. So, and not only that, let me go one step further and tell you kind of what we're doing today because this is, I think this is awesome. We basically do the same strategy I just said, the Burr strategy. And what we do is we build these houses up and all these houses are fully renovated, fully rented with property management. So they're turnkey assets. So then what we do is when we get like five of these things done, we package them up. We put together a pro forma, which is basically just all the numbers of all five of those houses or those rentals. And we then put those out as a package deal to investors in California, Toronto, New York City, markets where they can't buy real estate, markets where they can't get these returns. And we're finding tremendous success selling turnkey portfolios. We just sold a, was it 11 property portfolio to an investor in California for 1.6 million. We'll make over 250,000 on that one deal. Like, that's it. And, and the best part is 
that one deal, we've been making money on that thing the whole time. The whole time we've had it under contract or the due diligence period, we're making money every month. So it's just too easy. It's like you're making money on the rental. Then when you sell it, you make money. I mean, how, how can you get any better than that? Well, actually, there's one better thing is be, be the bank. If you find resources or understand the principles of this book where money is and you get people to understand that you're the expert in, you know, helping connect them to become the bank or teach them to be the bank, then you basically just make money on money. And you literally just become the bank and you do the same thing banks do. And what do banks do? Simple. All of you go to the bank and you deposit your check or you deposit money in your bank account. That bank, while you're depositing that money right behind you is loaning that money out at six times or 600 or 6,000 times what they're paying you. Because in most cases, they're paying you nothing. Most, most checking accounts pay nothing and they're loaning your money out. So take that simple philosophy of being the bank. Just go to the bank and watch what they do and duplicate that. It is not as hard as you think. It's actually much simpler than you think. You want to make money and lots of it? Learn that. And that's, that's how we do it. So we do real estate plus we, we do a lot of banking. Wow. Wow. I love, I love that. I love the way you just said, you know, like I love the birth strategy, by the way, you know, it's like, it sounds like you're already selling a business to a person who wants to invest, right? Cause the property is filled with the tenants is, is providing the, the cash flow, right? So you, you don't sell the empty house when you do a flip, right? For somebody who wants to live like that, that, you know, the, idea that people you know want to buy a house and live in a house and pay mortgage for 30 years it's it's not working that much anymore i mean people starting starting to become more conscious about what's going on and like i don't want to buy a house i'm good well well, well i'm uh, renting you know and it's like you know I, it don't make sense anymore for for people so you know like the strategy filling up the apartment selling it as a business I love that. You, know, I you love just that. nailed it. I mean, the, the old dream of, you know, owning a house, that American dream is dead. That's not today. That's not millennials dream. That's not the next generation's dream. They want to be mobile. They want to be free. They want to have the freedom to move or change jobs or go anywhere they want. And a house, like a home, what is that to them? That's an anchor. So you got to almost look at where everything's going. So there's two things happening. Number one, what we just said. And number two, you've got seniors. You've got the baby boomers aging. So there's a massive opportunity in providing housing to the elderly or to the aging population. And that's not as hard as you think. Most people think, oh, I'm not going to open a nursing home or a big thing. No, no, no. I'm talking about buying ranches, getting them approved for senior care. That's a whole nother thing that I'm not even going to go into, but that's, that's printing money, folks. You want to print money? Learn how that works. Learn how assisted living works and learn how it works with single family ranches because you can rent every one of those rooms for a silly amount of money. You could have one house providing you as much income as it would take somebody that owns a 14 unit apartment building. Yeah. So just think about that. I, I love that. It looks like for you guys that are watching, it sounds like Chris is seeing what's going on under, around the corner. So maybe you want to go and check it out, you know, and investing into ranches and, you know, uh, making them, you know, for elderly living. So that sounds, you know, interesting. I never heard that before. So yeah, and, and you don't even need to do it today. I mean, buy ranches, do the birth strategy, rent them out, make a couple hundred bucks a month, each house. And then down the line, when you're ready, because it will take some knowledge and it'll take a little bit more money, start converting your single family ranches into assisted living care units, and then rent out rent out the rooms when you get it all done. I mean, you don't need to think about this stuff today. Not everything needs to be done today. That's a big thing that a lot of people get wrapped up in is they want to do it all. Ooh, this shiny object. Ooh, that shiny object. Ooh, this shiny object. Pick one. 
If you want to get into real estate, wholesale and be good at wholesale and do it consistently and persistently. When you master that and you've made some money, maybe one of the deals that comes through your wholesale channel that you want to flip, flip one house. Then maybe the next thing you do is you buy a rental. And then when you start cash flowing that rental and you're making three, 400 bucks a month, take that three, 400 bucks to go do another flip or another wholesale deal, but do it at your own pace. Don't think you have to do all this stuff at once because that's the thing. That's the problem with all this education and knowledge out there. Everybody thinks they need to do everything today. If you do everything today, your head's going to explode or you're going to fail. Get good at one thing and then move on to the next and the next. And that's what we've done. We got really good at flipping. Then we started getting good at wholesaling because not all the flips, we couldn't do them all. So we started wholesaling them. So now today we got really good at wholesaling. Then we got really good at the burst strategy. And now I'm looking at that senior living facility uh, plan. I'm not doing that today. I'll be the first one to say, but like you mentioned, I'm starting to look forward. Like what is next? What's going to be the next thing that we can capitalize on before it's even here and get ready for it. Love that. And get your bank, get your bank ready for it. Yeah, That's the most important thing. Exactly. That, that is such an important thing. Let's say, okay, let's say, I read your private money guide book. I'll learn how to raise capital. You know, I have these people around me, so you know, they're okay. They, they trust me with, with, with their money. And now I have the money problem sorted. You know, I, I found maybe a couple of deals that I'm willing to invest. Can you just give a people best advice when it comes to underwriting deals? Sure. The underwriting process is very simple. We use the same guidelines a bank uses. So <clears throat> the only difference is the amount will lend. So we'll always get an appraisal and not just any appraisal, we'll get an as complete appraisal, which will tell us how much the house will be worth after renovations. Then we'll discount that appraisal by five to 10%. And then we will loan anywhere up to 75% of that appraised value, even before the house is done. So that's our guideline. Then the second thing we do is we always go back and we do a background check, kind of like what we would do with a tenant. We want to know, does this person have any blips in their radar? Have they ever skipped out on paying rent? Have they ever missed mortgage payments? Because we don't really focus too much on credit, but credit is an underlining factor. But if you've got a 620 credit score, it doesn't mean we're not going to lend to you. It just means I want to look at why that credit score is low. Is it because you're using too much credit? That's okay. Or is it because you didn't pay your bills? That's not okay. So we, we run that. And then after that, we basically just look at the deal. Because after we kind of look at you and we think you're going to be able to pay the monthly interest, I want to know about the deal. And right back to what I said before, ARV times 70% minus rehab, that's the number I would buy it at. Did they buy the house right? That's the number one thing I look at is, is this house in a good area? Is it bought right? And do they have equity? Okay. Okay. I love that. It's plain and simple. You know? It's simple. I, the, the whole book and everything I do, I try to keep it at a fifth grade level because I, I might seem smart, but I'm not that smart. I need to keep things simple, stupid for myself and for my staff because a simple, stupid solution is always one that's going to work. No, you, you're definitely smart because, you know, for, for, people, for people to put the complex stuff and make it simple. So, as you said, five-year-old can read it. You have to be smart, right? So, so you one of them, definitely. Oh, thank so, you. Can you just tell people, uh, you know, from your background, you know, in the real estate, was, what was the worst and the best investment that you did and what, you, what did you learn from it? Worst and the best investment. <clears throat> Well, the worst investment is always a car. I mean, that's the first thing, but kind of looking bigger picture, I would say the worst investment we ever did is we bought, we bought a house and we paid way too much for it because of its location. And what we didn't do is we didn't do the proper research on what 
the renovation costs were going to be. We sort of just went really fast into it thinking it was a great deal. And we ended up losing about $75,000 on that property. And we've lost money on many houses, but we've learned more from those losses. This one, we just basically learned that, hey, don't always take things at face value. This was a mold house. We thought we could remediate the mold, but the town building inspector decided we had to rip everything out. So we literally had to strip this house to nothing and rebuild the entire house. So that was a bad investment. Best investment I ever made was investing in myself, hands down. No house, no apartment building, nothing I've ever bought in terms of a, a tangible material thing will ever compare to the investment in myself. I still spend probably 60,000 plus per year, and every year it's more, on self-education and finding the best mentors. Uh, finding the people that I look up to and finding a way where either I can provide value to them or whether I can pay them to kind of have them teach me what's in their mind, the wisdom. So that's what I spend most of my time with. And also, you know, they always say your network is a direct representation of your net worth. So how do you find the right network? Well, sometimes that's going to cost money. I go to a lot of masterminds and I spend a lot of money to go to these masterminds because the, the best masterminds cost a lot of money because they have the people I want to surround with. And I can tell you this, and this is the craziest thing. I spent 30,000 bucks recently to, to become a member of a very elite, it's called the billionaire boardroom, a very elite mastermind. And I joined that mastermind, not because I want to go there and I want anything directly around it because I know if I go there, and I surround myself around these people, it will open up opportunities that I don't even know about. Opportunities that will pay me 20 times that investment of 30,000. But so many people stop right there, they're like 30 grand. And you don't have to jump at a 30,000, they have some at 5,000. Get involved, spend the money, and don't expect anything. So many people wanna spend money because they want a direct result. That's not the way it works. Spend the money to get the exposure and the exposure will pay you back tenfold. But if you go in with the wrong attitude of like, I'm joining because I want to get this out of it right out of the bat and that's gonna pay me this much, it's not gonna happen. Mm, love that, love that. You know, it's, it's just uh, such an important thing is, you know, all the guys that we're talking with and you guys seeing all these, you've seen these interviews, you know, most of the guys that are playing in a high level as Chris does, you know, they're going to say the best investment that they did is just wasn't themselves. And it's definitely true. You can ask any, any millionaire and a billionaire, you know, that has a uh, privilege, uh, Chris has privilege, you know, hanging, hanging around them. Uh, so they're going to say the best investment probably was some, at some point there was a business, but at the beginning it was in themselves. Right. Right. So definitely grab a book of the private money guides and start to making those investments. If you want to start playing in this real estate. Right. So, can you just talk about, cause you know, let's say, okay, person, just imagine the situation. Person bought a property, right? And now he like runs this property, but I don't know how is it working if the person is running by himself. So is it important for somebody who is investing in real estate to have a team and how to structure that? Yeah, a team is very important, but a team sometimes tough because a lot of times you don't have the money to spend on a team. And I would say there's so many different ways you can build a team. Either number one, you can you can just get a VA. If you just needed somebody for administrative stuff and scheduling and all that, you can get a VA to do that. But the best thing I've ever done is find, a, a, and I don't call him an assistant, but find a really good assistant. My assistant's our director. She handles just about everything. I mean, like booking this, I mean, it went through Shauna. She handles everything and she becomes the quarterback for everything I do. And there's, I couldn't, there's not enough money that I could pay her to, to, you know, 
to get what I get out of it because that allows me, it takes all that stuff away that I don't want to do, that I'm not good at, the things that I just would burn my day's time up. You hire that stuff out so that you can then focus on working on the business and building the business. I've seen so many real estate investors, myself included, back in nine through 14, they work in the business. They're swinging the hammer. They're always involved in everything. They take every call from their tenants and that's fine. You know, and you will make more money doing all the work yourself, but the one thing you'll never ever be able to do is scale your business. You'll never be able to build your business to the level you want it because you're working in the business. You have to get yourself to work on the business, not in the business, and that's very difficult. It's, it's you having, again, like I said earlier, you have to give something up to get something, and sometimes that requires taking one step back to take two forward. You've heard that time and time again, but it's different to hear it and actually do it. It's very hard to do. And the other thing too, a lot of people need to do is stop listening to people telling you you can't or you shouldn't or you know whatever else, being negative. Get rid of those people, put them in timeout. And the hardest part about that is, those are gonna be the people closest to you. Your friends, your family, it's always them. And they're trying to protect you, but the one question I learned to start asking is this, have you ever done what I'm trying to do? And if the answer is no, I basically say, please don't stand in the way of my dreams. These might not be your dreams, they're mine. And if you're gonna to try to stop me because you think it's best for me, please step aside and just let me chase my dreams. If I fail, that's great. Every failure is one step closer to success and I probably will fail a few times. I'll fall on my face a few times, but I can't get where I'm gonna go unless I do that. And you standing in my way trying to get me to not chase my dream is hurting me more than anything else. And that's, that's the hardest freaking thing. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, like everybody's on your team, you know, like is your family on your team? Is your friends on your team? I mean, are they, are they just sitting on the sidelines and watching what you do? You know, are they, you know, um, giving you the, the negative stuff only, you know, which sometimes is good. I mean, it's, for some people, it, it might be encouraging, right? So, but anyway, what Chris is saying, you definitely need to put the money because money gets bored when it sits around, like, so you need to invest that money in a, in, in something that will give you leverage, which exchange will give you free time to do, to find the deals, to invest in yourself, to go and, you know, find partners and all that stuff. So definitely don't be, you know, just, okay, I'm going to take that money and just keep it to myself. Like it's, it's meant to be used. So use it, but use it wisely. Definitely. So, and that just goes along with investing in yourself. I don't mean just investing in yourself in terms of books or podcasts or, you know, going out and going to masterminds, but investing yourself is also investing so that you then can focus your time on money-making activities, not money burning activities like, you know, writing letters and paying bills and all those like things that you think you need to do and you do for being in business, but they burn your time and they take your time away from what you're really good at. Find out what you're good at. Find out what's going to pay you and focus all of your time and energy on that and hire the rest out. You nailed it on that. Love it. Love it. I just love, love what you said. So, you know, it, now the situation is going to change. Okay. The wholesaling is a good thing, but we see some dark clouds in the horizon. They're coming towards us and now recession is going to be, nobody knows when and when it's going to happen and how big is it going to be, right? Well, let's say what contingency plan can a person implement if his strategy fails, if the recession happens and how can, how can change, you know, my exit strategy from there? Well, it's not a matter of whether it is going to happen or isn't because it's going to happen. So the best thing you can do is, <clears throat> not get caught on the wrong side and just plan for it right now. Like if you knew that there was a hurricane coming at you dead on it, the news was saying, <clears throat> warning, hurricane coming, you know, get, you know, get out, prepare. You would prepare. You do the things you need to prepare and to protect yourself. Well, that's now. 
So what are the things you should be doing? Well, get out of the stock market first and foremost, because you already know that's going to go down. So the best thing you can do is just move your money out of the market into cash. I'm not saying if it's a, if it's a taxable event, you got to really think long and hard, but get out and get that money ready. Then start talking to people. Start just talking to people about what you do. Talk to them about your real estate deals. Talk to them about how lucrative it is. Talk to them about all the things you're doing or going to be doing as an opportunity. Don't ask them for anything. Just present that opportunity and talk excited about it. As you do that and you start telling more and more people about what you're doing, then you're going to get them interested and then that's your bank. You want to start creating your bank. Get your credit fixed. Get, get all those things in order so that when the storm hits, you're ready and your bank is there because it's going to take money. <clears throat> the other thing to understand is the most amount of money in almost any business, but let's just talk real estate, in real estate is made when everything tanks, when everything goes down and everybody else is losing money and in losing jobs and losing things is when opportunity presents itself. Opportunity is, is all around us when everything's falling apart, but you have to be prepared for that opportunity. Otherwise you'll just be like everybody else. You'll be, you know, boohoo in this and you know what it's like. So I guess it's a difficult thing to say, you know, in terms of what you would do if you were already stuck in it, if you're already stuck in a deal, and the market shifts and you can't sell it or you're going to lose money, then just rent it. Just rent it and refinance it or rent it and take it to another private investor at a lower rate. There's so many different exit strategies, but you got to pre-think those exit strategies. Don't jump into something and then all of a sudden get in trouble and then try to figure out an exit. Figure your exits. We do three, actually four strategies on every deal. First, every this is another thing. Every single deal we get, I don't care how good of a deal it is, we will always try to assign that deal first because the quick dollar is the best dollar. So even if we could make 60 grand on a deal, we're going to wholesale that deal. I'll take 10 grand over 60 every day if I can make it in 30 days. Then second, if I don't, if I don't wholesale it, then we'll take it down and we'll look at a flip. If I can't make 20% on my flip, then I'm moving to the burr strategy. And that's, those are the three and the four strategy is always just a rental strategy. We use that on all of them. Because once you have the asset under control, you can leverage that asset. But many people are always thinking, well, I'd love to get the asset, but I don't have the money. Well, I hate to say it, but there's your answer right there. Or, you know, get a hold of me, you know, find me on the website. We do all sorts of teaching and trainings on this stuff. So there's not a direct answer, and I'm not trying to dance around your question, but there's not a direct pinpointed answer because I don't know what it's going to look like. I would just say be prepared. Be prepared for something coming because it is. It's coming, and it will be here. Yeah. Definitely, as Chris mentioned, you have to have multiple strategies that might work in a, in a market situation. Maybe, you know, you can, as I heard, and I hope I got that right, you can use multiple strategies in the market that you mm -hmm. are right now, and you can use when the market is going to shift, when it's going to change. There's still a couple, you know, strategies that you can use in that market too, you know, but definitely, you know, when it comes to those making decision times, people have to, like, narrow down to the people that they're getting advice from because there's too many mentors too many people too many experts now talking about what's going to happen you know and you know like what to do and when to do it how to do it right and those people most of the time giving advice but they don't have the results you know so i hope you know you're going to start following this chris's chris's advice because he he completed successfully completed over 200 deals and managed 30 million of investor money even had the show on a HGTV channel. I mean, it doesn't come like those things don't happen in people's lives. It shows that, that the quality of decisions he's making, the strategies that he's implementing are working. So, you know, I hope you're going to follow him and you're going to find a bunch of links down below so you can go and do that. 
So yeah, I love what you just said because there are so many quote unquote gurus out there saying, Oh, I can teach you this. I can teach you that. And there's a million things with social media. I mean, it's easy. They flip a house and then all of a sudden they're trying to teach people, but you want to learn from somebody that's failed. You don't want to learn from somebody that's failed once. You want to learn from somebody that's failed a lot of times. And I'm not saying that you want to learn from a failure, but you want to learn from somebody that's seen the downside, that's seen the problems. Not somebody that's just flipped the house, they made a hundred grand, all of a sudden now they think, oh my God, I can teach everybody to do this. Because they just haven't failed yet. When they fail, they can't, until they fail, they can't teach. They can't coach. They can't properly mentor. Because that's when you learn everything. When you fail, is when you learn more than anyone else because that's when the rubber meets the road. Exactly. So find people that have gone through the, the trials and tribulations and any successful real estate investor, truly successful, not you know the, the people you see on Instagram and Facebook just where you just don't dive in, peel the onion a few times exactly. and find somebody that's really got that wisdom. Exactly, and Chris is one of them because he had the fails and he had the wins, which is, you know, that, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for what not to do and what to do that works. So he's the person uh, that's perfect for you in this. In this I thing. appreciate that. No worries. So can you just tell people what are specific things you look for in a property when touring, when touring it? Oh, that's easy. So location is first thing we look at. So we're not buying in the hot markets. So we call them A, B, C, and even D markets. We're not buying in A's and I'm not really even looking too heavily in B's. I'm looking in C and D markets that are, that are moving up. And, you know, I was just in a mastermind event uh, out in San Diego and a billionaire, and, and, you know, there's lots of them. A billionaire stood up and he said one very important thing. You know what his business model was? He looks at a main street in a, in a metropolitan area. Too. He looks at where it's all developed and he draws on a map, a straight line both ways, whether it's east and west or north and south, he draws a straight line on that main street and he takes it all the way up to the point where there's no development and he buys that land and he buys that land knowing that eventually it's going to push and he does a little more research, but he basically just literally buys the land that nobody else wants because it's not developed. You have to have that foresight to see what's coming, not what's already in front of you. So I would say if you're, when we're looking at something, we're looking at location, but we're looking at location in a sense of where can we buy at the price we want to buy it, because remember the money's made on the buy. Where can we buy properties at the price we want to buy that is going to be where we want it to be down the line? Maybe not today. Now flipping's different. Flipping, you got to just you got to buy properties off of lucrative off-market deals, and you got to buy them in markets that are selling right now. So that's why it's getting tough. The market's so high. Finding those houses at a good price that a realtor hasn't already told them they can get a million bucks for that's tough, and and it just takes spending an awful lot of money on marketing. And the other thing for all you wholesalers out there, just the first and best advice I can give you is if you're a wholesaler and you think you're in real estate, you're wrong. If you're a wholesaler, you're in marketing. That's your business. You are in a marketing business, not a real estate business. Focus on marketing. The real estate part will take care of itself later. You have to learn to be a master marketer in order to be successful as a wholesaler. And that's, that's huge. So location is number one. Price is number two, being able to buy it in the price we want. And the other thing that we do different today is we don't buy the deals that need all of the work. We don't buy those houses, those foreclosures that need tons of work. We're literally trying to find deals that need as little work as possible because we just want to do a little bit and put them back on the market. Now, that was different when we had our show and we were filming for the show because we had to buy full tear outs. And that, we made 
you know, decent money on show houses because there were show houses, but it's so hard to make money on those big renovations right now. Costs are going up. You got tariffs now eating away at your profits because the materials cost more. Just be cautious of all this. It might look like a great deal because it, and it needs all this work. All that work will suck the life out of you, will suck you dry from a money standpoint where you might go after this deal over here that needs less work. You might not make as much, but it's going to take half the time or even a third of the time. That's what we look for. So location, price, and the amount of renovation it needs are the three things we're looking for. And I guess I'll add a fourth. If you're going to get in the bird game, look at close proximity to where people work or colleges. Buy around those areas. But that can get tough too because they're expensive. So just go one step further and buy the next block where nobody is buying. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I, I love that. I love that. So uh, can you just talk about something uh, you mentioned before, you know, having an assistant mm-hmm. and using the money to leverage time, right? So what other uh, technology <clears throat> are you using to automate tasks when it comes into real estate? Oh, that's a great question. So I'll take it down to the simplest thing because technology is technology, but we use Excel. We use Google Docs a lot. Google Docs is one place where we can save documents and they can be shared. We use Excel sheets that tracks all of our properties, the appraised values, our rental, and all of our costs so that we have just kind of a high level organic view of that. But the other things we use, QuickBooks for bookkeeping. We use Podio for our CRM for our wholesale operations. We use CallRail so that every call comes in, we track It's all just numbers. We track our metrics very well. Uh, We have a software system that we've created over the last year and a half called Flipping Edge. And I use that extensively because it's one software that does everything. It finds the list for the people we want to buy their homes from. It finds all the buyers in our market, whatever market we want to be in. It'll find all the cash buyers that have bought in the last 30 days in LLCs. It will also handle all the skip tracing so that we're mailing two people that we know are going to get these. Then also it will do our direct mail, our ringless voicemail, our email. It will do our rehab calculations and then we click a button and it prints out a nice packet that we can just send it out to our entire list. So finding a good software package that does everything so that you don't need six different softwares because that gets confusing. One that does everything, that was really helpful for us. We never had that before. We just developed it. We just rolled it out. It's called Flipping Edge. You can try it out for free for seven days, but that's helped us tremendously. So there's all sorts of different things, but you don't need all those fancy things. I would say start with an Excel spreadsheet. Then after that, get yourself a good accounting software earlier, sooner, sooner than later. Then after that, maybe start getting something that will help you get results faster, like, a, like Flipping Edge, a software that will pull your comps, it will do all the aggregating, and it will do it all from one place. That would be a thing. Then after that, Podio, CallRail, you know, all these different softwares you can buy, they're all useless or useful when you need them, but don't buy them before you need them. Okay. Love that. There's so much stuff out there. It's tough, but yeah. I say, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. I, lo- I love what you said, you know, like exactly keep it simple, you know, and all that, you, you know, what, what I can say, you know, what, what else I can say? I mean, you just laid out the perfect plan, you know, cause this is, I just wanted to make a show for people who are watching right now. So mm-hmm. if you're enjoying the show, please press like and, and share, you know, share with the people that that won't be interesting to, you know, making, uh, making money and finding the ways to invest in real estate. But you just laid out the perfect plan how a person can start investing in real estate because there is a lot of people who are starting out because it's a, it's becoming it's became a popular thing right now. Sure. Right? So, but again, being you know like on a you know informational age, there's too much. Sometimes it's too much information. 
and too many experts, as we mentioned before. I mean, yeah. there are some people who are really good at what, what they do and they have the results. But again, at the same time, there's a lot of false information going on. So, you know, definitely follow Chris and what he does. How can people find you on, on social platforms and how, can, how, how, how they can talk with you in there? Sure. I mean, I'm all over Instagram, all over Facebook. You can just, you can just find me at Chris and the last name is N-A-U-G-L-E. You can't miss it or just look up Flipout Academy. So from a social platform, I'm everywhere. And if you want to find me on a more intimate level, you can check me out on my website at chrisnoggle.com or flipoutacademy.com. And uh, the other way you could do it is just, you know, direct message me. I am methodical about replying to people that direct message me, even with how many calls and messages that I get, I get back to everybody. And that comes from some a very successful person that said to me one time, the most successful people are the most accessible people. And that's it. So this phone, this is my livelihood. And I answer every call. I reply to everything. So, you know, if you uh, want to get a hold of me, direct message me and I will get back to you. Oh, definitely. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I just, I just loved everything that you said, you know, and you know, people are going to be, hopefully that, you know, people that are watching right now are going to be going and starting to, to, to take action. Well, I'm not saying go and start investing. Maybe first grab, grab, you know, Chris book, the, the private money guide that you're going to find down below. Cause that's how I started. You know, I, I just started by educating myself because, you know, I, I think that's where Chris started, right. By making those types absolutely by surrounding yourself with the right people. As, as you guys you just seen, you know, like if you finish watching this video, you know, like Chris is the right guy for the right information when it comes to the real estate investing. So, you know, I just grateful that you did, you know, this interview with us and uh, I really appreciate it, you know, for your time, for your effort and everything that you do, you know, and, and I just wish you the best of luck, you know, in the future and hopefully to connect you on some levels, you know, in the future as well. Oh, I hope so. And I'm just going to leave with one thing. This is my favorite thing, not just because I'm a cat person, but it's right in my book. And for any of you that are watching, and if you can see that, it's just, this sums it up. And this is, I think, one of the things that everybody has to come face to face with. And it says, just for those of you listening to this, it says, once you become fearless, life becomes limitless. If you're scared and you allow fear to stop you from chasing your dream, you're never going to get there. It requires you to get out of your comfort zone and take that leap of faith. And once you take that leap, burn the boats. Make sure you can't go back. If you're serious about chasing your dreams, there can't be a way back because it's too easy to go back when you start to kind of things get tough. But when you burn the boats, there's no other place to go but forward. Wow. Let's, let's just end up with that because this is the perfect thing that you said. So definitely let's follow Chris and contact him ASAP, you know, on all the links down below, check his flip out Academy and the money school. And let's get in touch with this, with this amazing, amazing guy and, and just an expert in the real estate space. So again, thanks Chris for being on the money show. Uh, I'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thank you so much. Thanks.